Toxomerus basalis, the fly that uses a killer as a babysitter. Sundews are carnivorous plants that feed on small naive insects. So why does a fly deliberately lay its eggs on the plant? Most of a plant's food comes from photosynthesis. The plant can make the sugars it needs to fuel it with water and carbon dioxide. But some molecules need more. Plants can pick up other elements, like nitrogen or phosphorus, through their roots. If the soil doesn't have those elements, some plants can grab them by capturing prey, usually insects and digesting them. The sundew, Drosera, is one such plant that captures insects in its leaves. Its leaves are not a healthy place for an insect to be, so a fly like Toxomerus basilis, the sundew flowerfly, is a puzzle. A recent study by Andreas Fleischmann and colleagues has found that this fly lays its eggs on or near sundews. Not only that, but the larvae, or maggots, live their lives on sundews, crawling around them until they pupate. Why would a fly leave its children in the care of a plant that would happily eat them? Sundews get their name from their traps. They have leaves with hairs, and the hairs hold a sticky glue that glistens, like dew, in the sun. They look pretty, but they're deadly. A fly landing to investigate what might look like a snack gets stuck on the glue and struggles. These struggles activate the leaves. Slowly the leaf curls around, bringing more hairs into contact with the victim, making it harder for them to escape. Eventually, the whole leaf curls around the prey, and the plant releases enzymes to digest the unfortunate creature. The leaves are very effective. So when a sundew wants to attract a pollinator, it makes sure its flowers are well away from the leaves. That way, it doesn't load up an insect with pollen before eating it. The efficiency of a sundew as a killer isn't just a threat. It's also an opportunity. Wrapping a leaf around a victim takes time. If a thief were fast enough, the sundew could do the hard work of attracting and trapping a meal and then someone else could step in and steal the food before it was gone. If you're enterprising enough, a sundew is less a graveyard and more a meal delivery service. This is the case for the sundew flowerfly. The larvae of the sundew flowerfly are hungry and happy to eat most things. Fleischmann and colleagues cite work showing them eating a menu including aphids, caterpillars, beetle larvae, planthoppers, gall midges, thrips, mealybugs, whiteflies, mites, and insect eggs. Earlier work by Fleischmann and colleagues showed that if a sundew could catch it, then a sundew flowerfly larva was happy to try eating it. The team set out to see if this was a phase in the life cycle or if there was something more. Staking out sundews with cameras, they were able to track the life cycle of the sundew flowerfly and found that from egg to pupation, they lived on the plant. Life for a sundew flowerfly starts on the underside of a sundew leaf. The location is due to the female sundew flowerfly not being suicidal and landing in the trap to lay her eggs. The flies can escape the traps if they don't hit too many hairs, but it's not a good idea to deliberately hit too many of them. This probably explains why they prefer to lay eggs on the most exposed leaves. Once they hatch, the larvae sit on the leaves, waiting. If they felt threatened, 
they would withdraw to the rosette of the plant and hide in the base of the leaves. Once they feel the vibrations of struggling prey, they move out onto the leaves to find and eat it. The team had thought the larva would go for dead prey. In fact, they found the larva like their food fresh and alive. They waited till the prey stopped moving before striking. If starting to eat triggered more movement from the victim, the larva would back off until they were sure it was safe to eat. One mystery is, why are the leaves safe for sundew flowerfly larva? Surely, if a sundew can trap caterpillars, it could trap the sundew flowerfly larva. How does it not? The answer might be in how sundews trap and sense prey. One major factor in triggering a sundew's trap is a repeated struggle in the same place. The larva blunder into the hairs, but they're covered in slime of their own, so the glue doesn't attach to anything firm, leaving the larva free to hit other hairs elsewhere on the leaf. Yet sundews don't just use a sense of touch to detect prey. They also taste. The hairs of sundews are chemotropic, meaning they move towards certain chemicals. Fleischmann and colleagues argue the chemical composition of the larva's slime might act as a camouflage. The authors also put forward an alternative explanation. In his benchmark experiments on carnivorous plants, Darwin found that drops of water do not cause any Drosera tentacle movement. It is possible that the fluid larval exudates act similarly, provided it does not contain significant quantities of organic or inorganic particles. After feeding up, the larvae pupate on the underside of the sundew leaves. This takes a few days. Then, as adults, they feed on the pollen of the sundew flowers. In isolation, living with the enemy like this seems like a bizarre adaptation, but some other plants show how a relationship could develop. Raridula is a genus of protocarnivorous plants. These are plants that, like sundews, can trap insects on sticky leaves. Unlike sundews, Raridula cannot digest the insects it traps, but it doesn't have to. Assassin bugs live on the plant and feed on the insects that Raridula traps. What goes in also comes out, but the waste that the assassin bugs drop is fresh manure that Raridula can digest. There are plenty of other plants that have sticky traps for defense and insects that have learned to exploit the victims that get caught. A sundew is a great asset for a fly with the right skills. It's no surprise that Fleischmann and colleagues observed flies of both sexes showing territorial behavior around the plants. Ironically a plant that seeks to kill insects has ended up being guarded by one that finds it essential for its life history. That was the audio version of a blog post on Botany One, available at www.botany.one. Botany One is the weblog of the Annals of Botany Company, a charity set up to promote the study of plants.